Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. I am one of your hosts, Michael Shields. Today, we are here to talk Grogu, Din Jardin, Jarin? Yeah, Din Jarin, uh, Cara Dune, uh, Grief Cargo, Boba Fett, the whole gang. We're here to talk Mandalorian to um, the uh, Disney Plus hit brought to life by Jon Favreau and company. To do it, I have with me one of your co-hosts. Welcome to the Party Pal team, Mitch Lucas. Mitch, how you doing? Good. It's good, good to be back, finally. I know. It's been a minute since we've done one, but um, there's no one I would rather talk to about Mandalorian. And um, this season was a, another outstanding season. It's my estimation. I just, I absolutely love it. Um, it was, it was, you know, it, it kind of continued what it was doing so well. Um, you know, the journey with... Uh, the Mandalorian and, and who we find out to be Grogu, but there were some major surprises this season, which was super, super exciting. Um, a trio of them, really, that, that we're going to get into, but uh, what did you think of the season? How, what, what are your impressions? Like you, I felt like it it elevated from season one, uh, took some big chances, and um, it, didn't, it didn't start out slow, but it was definitely taking its time, which I loved. Uh, I could see on I could see online fan forums mm. people were were feeling like it wasn't moving the plot wasn't moving and I just was like in my head I was like just wait I know that they're gonna they're gonna spring it on us and then it's just gonna be every single episode is gonna be propelling it aggressively forward and uh, I think that's what happened we we started Definitely. sort of re reestablishing uh, the world and what was going on and then we had. You know, in the second episode, we had this sort of standalone, like, ice ice world, and then from from episode three, everything mm-hmm. starts being a lot more, uh, you know, 
plot forward and, and really bringing, establishing new information and, and, and getting to where we wanted to go. Yeah, there was a serious and deliberate arc to the whole thing. Um, and that culminated in something just absolutely magical. And they, they were building to that the whole time. But I mean, I would like to talk about what you just said and kind of that um, pace of it. I, I, one of the things I love about it so much is that it doesn't feel rushed. That it just that it that it that it seems to take its time, and things definitely built and, and sped up towards the uh, culmination of the season. But um, maybe it's because uh, I, I I just want to spend so much time with baby Grogu, or just like live in this world in this moment. But I mean, I love that they picked up right where they left off. That was, and then I just I, I don't see any reason. You know, I don't, I don't want to see any time jumps or anything. I just want to see this story. Uh, of this journey and and whatever they have planned and you know i'm looking forward to talk about where the whole thing could go but uh it's it means i think it's really special that it takes its time and and one of the things i love so much just about the show in general i love the time frame that it lives in in the star wars universe and what that means what the possibilities it brings i mean it's kind of five years after return of the jedi so so many of those characters um as we see in this season uh, are still are 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 around and then you bring in all these new new characters it really it adds a lot of um uh context and just it's it adds a lot it it, it rounds out the world that the the first trilogy lived in and um and it's it's kind of gonna i believe it's gonna lead us especially with the other shows they're adding to it into the next uh into the following trilogy the most recent trilogy and in in a really exciting way and just kind of round out the whole world which is cool i was thinking because there's only eight episodes we can kind of discuss each one just a little bit because i think they all have so many pieces that um that are worthy of of highlighting and that all begins um with uh episode one of season two which is chapter nine that's the marshal uh directed by john favreau um this was this was in, in looking back at it now, wow, were they really setting, uh, planting the seeds for for what was to grow into the season with uh, Timothy Oliphant's character um, Cobb, uh, the Marshal himself, and uh, the the what you know the armor that he wore when he <clears throat> strolls into the, uh, I mean it wasn't the cantina but the bar. Um, you immediately know that that's not Boba Fett. There's something just off about the way he walks, <clears throat> the outfit that sort of supports the armor, the sort of under under clothing. Mm-hmm. And but you also do like the for a fraction of a second, you're like, that's it. This, that's they're revealing Boba Fett that quickly, and then you immediately are like, that's not his voice. That's <laughs> not him. And um, man, Tim- mm-hmm. Timothy Oliphant, I. I mean, you know how much I love it. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he's also been around forever, and uh, yep. we actually happened to watch Go last night, Deadwood uh, Man, which he plays a really funny, evil mm. character in uh, Doug Liman. <clears throat> but he just uh, brought so much. I'd love to revisit that at some point. That's how a, was th- that going back uh, and, and it's watching? It's funny recently. because it's it's exactly Pulp Fiction in my mind in terms of like what it, what what it's trying to do. Mm. Um, there's a lot of funny parts in it, though. There's yeah. a lot of good comedy in it. Uh, there's like a whole thing with like a, yep. a stakeout and a, like being wired to these actors, and so like a, a, you get to see one one 
amount of time, one like two hour frame of time from three different vantage points. And uh, <clears throat> this is done really well, though. And, you know, Doug Lyman's an amazing filmmaker. Yeah. But Timothy Oliphant was, yep. was great in oh, yeah. that. And, yep. and you see a lot of that uh, sarcastic uh, sarcastic character in this. Um, you knew it, it's like he both he, he he would be a great modern Han Solo type of character um, if they were to bring him back into the, the Mandalorian world or <clears throat> do something with him on his own. He's he's got that um, he has the 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 swagger as they say the walk and the attitude that would be perfect for you know mm-hmm. uh, a Han Solo type character. He he was a lot of fun in that episode. Yeah, think about him in think about him in a uh, Deadwood. He's I mean that swagger and everything right there. And uh, that is, he does he plays a he plays a cop or in this case a marshal a lot, which is he's really uh, it's he just he just kills it every time. I'm such a fan. This one um, there was a lot going on that I really really appreciated. Um, and the uh, what I what I really was drawn to is kind of the um, the idea I guess the reality that everything wasn't perfect. For everybody, you know, after the Death Star exploded, you know, you think like, hey, everyone's free. Anytime, um, you know, I, you, you look in cases in the Middle East recently here where, you know, you, you, you take out one dictator, um, that opens up the door to a lot of opportunistic people and groups and, and a lot of trouble. And that's what happened in this town. You know, people moved in, the miners uh, took, took over the town. So I felt that that was really honest and to the idea that, that, you know, people were going to still be struggling in the Star Wars universe after this this big thing that happened that with the Empire was falling there. Um, so that was that was really cool for me to think about. Um, the The interactions with the Tusken Raiders was really I, I, I was reading into it a lot, but I think they were. Um, you know, you can kind of look at them as more of the the indigenous people to the lands and kind of uh, the people in the town a little bit. Um, you know, like colonizers in certain ways and, and just kind of their disdain for each other and just the way they were able to work together because of the Mandalorian was something I was, I was really, really enjoying. Um, I didn't, um, I, I, I haven't read a lot of Star Wars books, but I read Aftermath. Oh, and okay. um, in Aftermath, um, you see Cobb using um, Boba, Boba's armor to bring um, some order to Tatooine, and that is, uh, that's kind of what's brought to life here. So I was really, another thing, I was really excited to see uh, Cobb brought to life. And, and we're getting gifts like that, like Cobb and, and you know, later uh, Ahsoka and, and others. I've just seen them brought to life, um, whether from book or from animated series, and it's awesome, man. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about, you know, the way you're talking about how the things weren't immediately great we get into that <clears throat> again later in the series where the imperials talk about what they believe they bring to the table as far as their rule and their ability mm. to bring uh, thinking that people don't want peace they want order um or they don't want yep. freedom they want order i think that's exactly more close to what he said and we sort of <clears throat> we deal with that uh in greater depth later in the season um and uh, yeah, so it's it's opening the door uh, in that episode. Definitely something the show does so good, and I think you know as we uh, the other shows, I think will kind of do the same. And, and I'm looking forward to talking about those kind of after we talk about Mandalorian. But uh, is they work in that middle space, and just because 
you know, Star Wars was always viewed so much as good versus evil, but I mean, there's so much nuance around that whole thing, and, and Mandalorian does a great job of exploring that nuance and just what happens on the outskirts of that immediate good versus evil fight. Chapter 10 was The Passenger. That was directed by Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed's known for um, recently for the Ant-Man series, but he's he's been around for a while. He's done a whole lot. He's great. Um this was cool. This was like a fun, you know, kind of one-off. And that's what I love about these two. It's just, you know, just you're taking that one little journey with them. I love seeing the X-Wing, X-Wing fighters. Um, the, uh, you know, this is, <laughs> I love how they, they've painted. And this is the first time that, that, that they did this in this um, season. There's a couple other spots where they paint Grogu as like an, an insatiable snacker. <laughs> I really, yeah. it's, I get a lot of humor from that. Oh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was eating the eggs in this one. But um, this was fun. It, it was it was just like a little one-off part of the journey. I think what we got from it is, uh, you know, he was kind of, he wasn't going to be hunted anymore um, by by the, uh, uh, you know, the, the X-Wing fighters. And he was kind of free at the end. But that was a fun one. Yeah, I think that uh, I really enjoy these these episodes that are like, you've either had something really substantial happen with the plot and we're going to take a break or something substantial is about to happen in the next episode. So this episode is just going to be, <clears throat> you know, it reminds me more of like the shows like Kung Fu or The Incredible Hulk, where there's no connection to the, the previous episode or the next episode. Then there is a connection as far as meeting characters and going to from point A to point B. But really, you know, <clears throat> we're not dealing with major uh, plot development. We're just having a, a sort of, I, oh. I consider it a self-contained adventure, which I think the first two yep. episodes really sort of were. But I, I, lo- I loved that because I knew that it was the build-up, just like in uh, a Tarantino film. There's like, you're like, it feels like nothing's going on, then a lot goes on really quickly. Uh, and I think we had sort of yeah. that kind of thing. I love the ice worlds. Uh, I love seeing... Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> How I sort of watched the behind the scenes to see how a lot of that stuff came together. I'm always just amazed at how they so utilize this. Uh, oh, what is it called? The man, I've lost my, this. The dome that they sh- that has all this, the actual screens on it. Uh, yeah, man, I can't remember the. Oh, it's so fun! It's so fun to watch watch that shit. I did, I want to tour the facility uh, in Manhattan Beach. I just it's they, they do it all in that one facility in Manhattan Beach. And that's just mind-blowing to me because look at the worlds they're creating. And they all feel so visceral and real. Like, it's it's, you know, it's wild because they're just surrounded by a bunch of screens in a warehouse. And it's it's just amazing to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know how <clears throat> I don't know how they pull it off, but I love this idea of rear projection, high-res rear, rear projection, so that you can actually get yeah. lighting hitting people's faces uh, from the projection that you wouldn't actually get with a green screen. Uh, that's just an amazing advancement that, you know, I, I mm. wish I could remember the name of that app, of that room that they use to shoot all, to shoot, you know, 80% of the show in, but I cannot remember it. Unfortunately. Yeah. If it, if it comes to you, shout it out. I don't know it. That's, that's, I'm, I'm very interested. You got me Googling after this. Um, I like, uh, there's a nice moment that I like the, the frog lady, but she uses the droid to translate to kind of find a way to talk. I thought that was so, so cool. Um, and then just to kind of put a little cap uh, at the end of it, it was fun to see Grogu sneak sneak one of the eggs at the end as yeah. they were escaping. But you're Very, right. It was just a one-off journey. And that, 
Uh, a lot of uh, controversy on him eating uh, live I saw, eggs. I saw that. Unnecessary, <laughs> in my opinion, but there did generate some controversy. That was I was actually shocked when someone sent me that. That someone like that's the last thing I'm think. I'm not thinking about anything real when I'm in when I'm in Mandalorian yeah. world, and I just I'm just I don't know. It's it, that was that blew my mind. If if anyone's curious about that, look it up. There was a little bit of controversy about Grogu sneaking all those eggs, and those being the last of the bloodline of that that uh, species. But um, it was it was just good good fun. And 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 to kind of touch back to what I was saying about taking your time, I'm totally cool. You know, if even there was more of this, I mean, less buildup. I just, I have so much fun in each and every one of these episodes. I, I just, I don't even need this giant rev up. And I'm glad they, they, they do, you know, set that forth. But I just, I can go planet to planet with these two and just live in this world. And, and just, I'm going to have a good time. That's, that's what I'm here for, a good time. And it really is. Um, chapter 11 was one of my favorites. That's the, that's the Harris uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who's just been killing it with her uh, episodes and her direction. She's so, so talented. Um, this the, Right away, the world building struck me in a major way here. That's when they're kind of crash landing on this ocean yeah, planet. Yeah, I, I loved this environment. It was probably my favorite environment. Loved. I, me too. Absolutely was. And, like, right away, they, they you know, they, um, their ship... Uh, crashes they kind of off the um um the the razor crest falls off the platform where it was landing on and like i love the the giant machine that was lifting it out and then you're in the the restaurant where they kind of like slop down the slop or chowder because you know you're in a fish world for for him to eat and just the all the like kind of piratey looking like seafaring um it was just it was so, in the boat the boat they end up on that that you know where uh, Grogu almost gets swallowed whole. It was just that was that was this was a, a definitely one of my favorite worlds we've visited yet. Yeah, and, and uh, <clears throat> they they did a good job with I another thing of watching the behind the scenes with that boat. They they wanted to shoot it in the same way that if you were actually on a boat, you wouldn't be able to do like a lot of fancy shots so everything feels rough rough uh, and handheld tight uh on that oh cool <clears throat> just to just to make it feel like they actually shot there they did you know um but yeah we're yep we're now sort of seeing uh, uh you know other other people like him in coming to his aid and it sort of feels good to get him some backup in this mm-hmm. yeah yeah no um that was i mean that was wild that um we you know we were introduced to to more of kind of his kind in Mandalorians and we, you know, Bo-Katan came and, um, I, uh, I was excited right away. I'm, um, uh, that was, she's played by the character, the person who plays Starbuck in Battlestar Galactic. Were you a Battlestar person? No, I mean, when I was a kid, but Bo-Katan is a character, like, I'm going to have to admit, I don't, I don't watch, um, I'm watching Clone Wars now and Star Wars Rebels and I'm getting served. I think like a lot of people, I'm now realizing that there's a lot of yeah. cool stuff to discover. But that was a have new you, character. Have you seen Re- Have you seen Rebels? Have you seen Rebels yet? I know you said you're watching. Have I've you seen, seen Rebels episodes yet? Episodes just one off, but yeah. never really Dude, knew the. You gotta you know. once you get into it. It's not. It's like <clears throat> you, you put the whole thoughts of it being a kids show behind. Once once you see. Oh exactly yeah, what they're I love doing Rebels. The, the world, but it's Rebels is awesome. Yeah. It's incredible. Really. I mean, as far as the look and everything, I I've always loved it, but. Clone Wars was I've probably seen less Clone Wars even so I'm focusing on that one right now and then I'm gonna do a 
a re a review of Rebels and really get a sense of who who all these definitely. Well, that's I mean, this is all kind of the the man behind the scenes here, and of course, John Favreau deserves all the credit in the world. But Dave Filoni. He is, um, and he was put in charge, uh, oversee all Lucasfilm's um, animated projects. And he was big in the Clone Worlds. The Rebels is basically all him. And he has taken it upon himself to really fill in all the holes. He's just the biggest Star Wars nerd in the world. And he's been the backbone of kind of creating all this. I, I think so much of the success that The Mandalorian has is due to his meticulous storytelling within the Star Wars world. And... He's, I mean, so much of this blossoming moment that Star Wars is having, it really, it, we, it, we have to give a hat tip to uh, Dave Filoni. He's, he's, he's putting in the work, yeah. and it's, I think it's really going to help round out everything with the whole Star Wars thing. And, and yeah. just, you know, he's, it's really making things better. This one, uh, it, you know what was really interesting when he did uh, run into Bo-Katan and, and that, that trio of Mandalorians? is you realize real quick, you know, they whip off the helmet and the way they are, is how uh, of kind of an orthodox Mandalorian he is. Like, the way the code he goes by yeah. is really, really strict. We start to see that he's an outlier a little bit, whereas we didn't realize that. Yeah. We start to see that there's a whole world of people who are sort of living by a less, I don't want to say less strict, but they haven't, you know, they've moved, they've evolved a little, and he, his people haven't evolved as much. Totally. And that's, I mean, that also shows that he has a lot of room to grow, too. And I think I'm going to be speaking moving forward about his growth um, just as as the, we go episode by episode, because he does change. And we do see him do things he wouldn't have done. And and, I, and it's just, it's fun, you know, it, it, to see, it's, it's wild how much emotion we get out of that character who basically almost wears a helmet the whole time yeah. and, and, and to see a growth in, in someone like him who is so stringent and, you know, it, it by, by a code and this is the way and all that. Chapter 12, The Siege, was um, really great. That's directed by Carl Weathers. And one of the reasons I find it really great is uh, it uh, we got the reunion between um, Grogu and uh, Carl uh, <laughs> Weathers' character, Grief Karga, who was so excited to see Grogu, which was so, so much fun. Um, the opening scene actually is what it's, it's obviously I'm a I'm a Grogu fan, and the opening scene is so great. Um, uh, Mandalorian has him in like a, a shaft inside ra the Razor Crest, and he's trying to put together, he's trying to fix some wiring <laughs> inside, and they're trying to communicate. It's just those moments, like again, I could just spend time with them, and I'm having a great time. That really, really made me laugh, but. Uh, you know that was that was a cool one. You know that was uh, the siege that took place was a lot of fun. They, there was things you take away. Now they're really starting to build because we learn um, that the the child's blood was used uh, for experiments, and they find out for sure in this one that uh, Moff Gideon is alive. So the plot really thickened in this one. Yeah, it was a really fun sort of like a Star Wars episode where you've stormed a Death Star or the. You, you know, or a, yeah. or a cruiser or something, and you're you're trying to overtake it, and you get to see all that sort of interior design that we are so familiar with with the Empire and mm -hmm. the the rounded totally. the pill shape, the horizontal pill pill designs, and, mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you yeah. know, we're it's like sort of comfortable, and it, but it's sort of another it's another siege, and yeah, we're now getting more information. And, and it's uh, it's building at this point. 
Definitely, definitely. I, I like that you mentioned that. It really felt when they're in there, you felt like you were in the Death Star. It felt, it felt so, so Star Wars. Did you get to see um, the? Uh, did you get to see the the person, uh, the like crew member before they erased it? I guess that was the big deal of that episode. Was there? No. What happened? Well, they. It's sort of like the Game of Thrones Starbucks thing. There's a crew member in like the bottom left of a shot. And somebody. Oh no! I didn't. Did, did you notice it? I. You can't notice it if you're actually. So I, somebody has to have no time, like nothing to do, but like yeah. go frame by frame. But is it? But it, I went back and he was in there. Um, I even went back, like when I found out about it, I went back and still couldn't find it. So it wasn't exactly something standing, you know, jumping out at you. But uh, you know, it was erased within. I, I guess it was erased by the next day. I don't think you can do. A quick airbrushing okay. job that quickly, um, like within a couple hours. So probably took him a day to get it done. Somebody <laughs> had to stay up all night. Uh, but yeah, it's just a funny. I don't know why people call that stuff out, but then once it's out, it's funny to me. I, I know. I was just gonna say the same thing. Like it's these things are so. But there was like yeah, there's like yeah, the Starbucks cup and Game of Thrones stuff. There's so much brilliant production going on. I think that's maybe why people are you know it it, it you know kind of find it humorous just because it's so well done and then they're like oh then they slacked on that you well, know it's normal for start for people who love star wars to like find the mistakes that's part i think it's just part of the culture of like the stormtrooper hitting his head or you yeah. know that kind of stuff so yeah obviously i wanted to mention that um who i was talking about who plays uh bo katan um played starbuck in Battlestar star that's katie uh, Sackoff. I forgot her name. She's awesome. I'm just such a fan. Um, the next one was a doozy. This was chapter 13, the Jedi. Um, and, uh, it's just, this is, I mean, this is Ashoka, uh, uh, you know, her introduction, um, to this world, seeing, um, her brought to life was just awesome. This was obviously not obviously, but uh, purposefully. And this is Ashoka is, um, Dave Filoni's baby, uh, from the clone wars. He's going to be doing her show. And also he directed it. Um, and just, she is, it was awesome. You just got to see her might right off the bat, uh, just how powerful she is and just how much of a badass Jedi she was. And this was just, what a cool episode. Yeah, I think this is really the most artistic episode. I, it'd be hard to, like this episode and the next one, I, I between those two, it'd be hard to say my favorite, but I think this one is my favorite episode um, of the series. Yep. It's just so... It just has that feeling of like a martial arts film, uh, like you know, um, Kurosawa. It's just really well well done, and you can see the the influences mm -hmm. and the spirit of it. And <clears throat> yeah, it's just like this. You, you could tell uh, Dave Filoni was just waiting to do this one for a while. Totally, totally. Yeah, this one was done with care, and I'm with you. I think it's the one I've watched the most. I think. Uh, the one we're about to get to, the tragedy, is maybe my favorite. Just for, right for um, yeah, what will be obvious reason. But it's so this one just it was had a dark look. This the forested planet they were on, and kind of um this is uh, we're talking about building a little bit. This this uh, brought us a lot of information. Um, she she was able to speak to Grogu. Well, what well, well, more aptly put, they could feel each other's thoughts. But I mean, she found out, you know, let him know his name. Um, and we found out a little bit of backstory, how he was trained at the uh, Jedi Temple in Coruscant. And uh, he was hitting after the Clone Wars. And it sounds like after he was hidden, there was some 
dark times for him. And that's kind of, you know, he, where he was hidden away and who knows exactly what happened, but he ended up being found by the uh, Mandalorian. And that's probably why he's got such an attachment to him. He was, he was in a dark, dark moment because their attachment comes up here. And that's very important. She wasn't going to train him because of the attachment that they had. And it is, it's a, it's a real thing there. It's like father, father, son at this point. And, and so, yeah, she wasn't going to train them, but she set them forth with a whole bunch of information after, uh, after their battle, which was really great that when they kind of stormed the castle, those two, that was incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This version of, uh, this, this version is like, she, this is the wise version, you know, and then in the clone wars, we're getting the young, uh, the young like upstart and now we've seen the aging and the growth and and she, you know she's like a lot of the the older jedis that they there's a general fear about young uh potential jedis whether there's too much anger or too much uh, yeah. you know emotion is like poison to them and she senses the emotion that Definitely. they've created and attached it's dangerous. It can be dangerous, and they know they have to like walk in on eggshells with that. Um, yeah, that it's it's just such a cool, cool episode. Um, so the way I look at the season, and I was talking about the surprises right off the onset. There's like a trio in my mind. Ashoka was one, and the next was um, when we were given Boba Fett back, and and that is in Chapter 14, the tragedy, and obviously the third one we'll get to in the last episode. But that was a that was the episode, which I was delighted to see, it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, who's just a bad, bad badass director. He's the man. But um, this is, I mean, Boba Fett. What else is there to say? Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna do an episode like this with so much at stake, where you really want to get it right, getting someone like Robert Rodriguez is like a perfect choice because he, I, I, I yeah. mean, he, the way he makes films is so handmade. Do it at home. Do it yourself, and. To work, he, I mean, he's this guy's perfect for a television show. I know that he did the uh, the storyboards and the and the uh, you know the animatics. He did them with Star Wars figures, action figures, and uh, and sent them to Dave. Sent them to Dave Filoni, and they and they just thought it was like amazing. So he was just having fun this whole time and improvising a lot on with ideas, and <clears throat> he just made the most out of this and. You know, I'll let you sort of give us the description and the play out, but like, you you know what's happening, but you're still super surprised. Totally, it's um the Mandalorian has just been such a gift for Star Wars fans. I mean, it just it looks like um you know the, the a lot of the, the the aesthetic of the original ones we love so much, and now it's 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 even such a bigger gift because it's giving us more time with characters we love. I mean. We, and I should speak for myself, but I, I, I know so many others like me who have just been obsessed with Boba Fett, which is really funny because we don't get much time with him at all in the original trilogy. I mean, minutes of screen time, but we always thought the armor was cool. You know, the idea of bounty hunters was cool. Just everything was cool. Boba was cool. And so we are given this huge gift of, of getting Boba again. When I mean, when Slave One swoops in, I mean, that was like chills. And just, it was, it was just awesome to see him get his armor back. When he shot down those ships at the end, everything. We, this is, what a gift. What a, what a real, real treat. And it was a fun, action-packed episode, a lot going on. Um, you know, it's funny. 
I was I was getting such a kick. I love how kind of ignorant Mando is to the Force and just how he kind of tries to navigate yeah. it. He like respects it, and he knows the kid has something going on. And I love when 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 the you know uh, uh, Grogu's kind of tapped in and he's trying he's to trying get to him, break, trying to get break him out the streams and like there's no way break through the streak. But then when he realizes when he realizes he can't. He's like, all right, kid, I'm going to buy you some more yeah. time. He did that multiple times, which I thought was really funny. But so he's trying to, you know, you know, save him, but also like respect this thing he doesn't know about, you know? Yeah, he's like, sort of, it's sort of like, all right, do your thing, you know? And uh, obviously he left at the worst possible time, unfortunately, but what else could he do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a heartbreaking episode. Uh, when you don't have the finale yet and you don't know what's going to happen, I was really, I mean, yeah, I was, uh, it's hard at the I, end. Yeah. My, my, uh, my wife's watch, you know, sitting, uh, on her iPhone while I'm watching this episode and, and I'm just like, no, they took him. You know, I, yep. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it was hard to see him in cuffs, to see him like cuffed up and like in in like in like a prison yeah. cell. It's like it's it's wild. Another thing besides him, um, you know, in those uh, we're going to talk more about those dark troopers are really dope. That's uh, that's so cool. But um, uh, you know what? We didn't just he wasn't just taken that it was dark. We lose the Razor Crest in this. I mean, his ship, the ship that we've been spending time and journeying planet to planet's taken. I actually. Um, to overthink it, it and it, I think that was a really cool move. Uh, meaning, you know, obviously they're not going to be killing Grogu or the Mandalorian. That's the show based on. But it also showed that a lot of the other things around them aren't precious. You know, the the fact that they're taking out the main ship. I mean, they would never do that to the the um, Millennium Falcon. You know, like that's not going to happen. But like it was, I thought it was like kind of like a bold move to take that out, and and it definitely added to the the kind of damning and, and intense nature of what was going we on. We've lost it a was, character it was, there. That was, we lost a character. I, that was the death of a character. Definitely. Well said. And that was, that was, that's a, that's a ship. I really, really, really grew to love, but it's exciting though. Cause now you, you know, you don't, it's like, what's, what's next. You get to be excited about what he's going to buy next, you know? Totally. Also, we get to go into slave. We get to go into yes. Slave One. Like that is our ride yeah. now. They, like being inside Slave is incredible to see like the rotation of it. That was that the thing is ridiculous. And now we get to like actually journey inside it. We never have really done that. It was just I was I mean, it's such a gift. It really is. Um, chapter fifteen, the, the penultimate episode of the season is called The Believer. It was um, it's a Migs episode. The Migs episode. I don't know if we all thought we needed or wanted but it turns out to be a really good one and i actually ended up really liking uh uh migs a lot more by the end of it what'd you think of this one i i was expecting a letdown after such a big episode uh, with boba fett's return oh, yeah. and i it was not a letdown it was a uh, um <clears throat> yep. still really exciting and you have this sort of you have another breaking into the imperials world and trying to get some information and uh that guy that actor he's in He's in Batman Begins. He he plays the guy who killed Bruce Wayne's parents, and now he plays this oh, Imperial, yeah, yeah. who's really uh, a really a dark, dark character. I mean, just that that table scene you're talking yes, about, right? It's probably one of the best scenes yeah, of the, the season. Uh, really, uh, yeah, getting great. getting the lowdown on what's it goes on inside of an Imperial's uh, of an Imperial's mind. 
Uh, there's really mm-hmm. some reality to what he's saying, and also some like, I mean, this this is just like a really shady character. If, even if he was, if you saw him anywhere, you know. And uh, I love that guy. I love yeah. that character. Yeah. And um, this was not a this was not a letdown. It was a maybe a slight palate cleanser, but not a letdown at all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and I agree with that palate cleanser thing. Um, what's interesting here, this was one of the only, I believe actually the only um, Grogu-less episode. I mean, there was no no baby Grogu in this. And um, uh, I, I actually think that's a sign of things to come. It almost felt like it was a, a, a test episode in that way. I could see um, whether to start out the season or, you know, that we'll talk about what happens to him. But, like, he... Uh, you know, it's it's. I don't think he's gonna be there in everyone, and 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 just after watching this episode, he doesn't need to be there in everyone. This was, I think, this was a tons tons of fun. Um, I loved uh, what we, when I was talking about change of um, you know, the Mandalorian. This was a big one where he did have to take off his helmet in public, and he did it, and he's this change that is occurring in him and this softening that that's happening is because he cares. He cares about something. Now he loves something. He loves, he loves Grogu and he had to take off his helmet to, um, you know, kind of get these codes and, and, you know, it's kind of funny that they had like an ATM machine type code thing in the, in the mess hall, but whatever. Yeah, that was, that was, but I thought that was that funny. Was unique. If, if anybody wants to break into the, <laughs> we have a little kiosk here, but I think this was a, Sora felt like a point of no return for him in it, what he felt like, <clears throat> you know, I, I know that we get the sort of comedic thing where Bill Burr is like, I didn't see anything, but uh, Mando knows that he's sort of, you know, he knows his point of no return for him. I think he's, he's, yep. you know, when he, at this point, anytime he does it is going to be commonplace as opposed to really, Definitely. you know, do it making a sacrifice, but we knew that he gave up his uh, his, his beliefs to save uh, Grogu, the child, and so we knew that it was a point of no return. And it's also really heightened because he's in a lot of danger at that point. So um, definitely, definitely, I think I think we're gonna uh, Pedro Pascal is gonna start earning his money soon. I think we're gonna start start seeing his face a little bit more. Yeah moving forward as 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 it starts changing um the end message was great um you know my first thought was don't piss off um uh, moff gideon more than you need to but i like the kind of the callback to you have something i want <laughs> you know using his own words against them which was really really fun and that led us into just the just the monster of an episode the the rescue um once again directed by peyton reed um Again, this was the trio I was talking about that we're giving this this year. We got Boba, we got Ashoka, and then we got Luke. And just wow, man. It's it's just it's I just was floored by that last ten minutes in a way I hadn't been floored by in the Star Wars world for a while. And um it's just unbelievable what happened. What about, what was your reaction when it was happening? Did you know anything you have to speak on there? I think that I was I'm not a person who makes any predictions when I'm watching something. I'm just fully in it. So I was really feeling like, you know, this is this is bad news because yep. uh, the dark the death troopers or dark troopers. I mean, they're um, it, it seemed like they were too much to overcome. And then when you see the the X-wing fighter, uh, I love the bit where she's like, "Great, one X-wing fighter, we're we're saved." 
it still hadn't sunk into me for it took me a fraction of a second until it started landing (laughs) then i was like Uh that could be luke skywalker maybe but i'm not one of those people that's seeing it two episodes ahead so you're just looking at somebody who never makes predictions so i'm just like i'm Uh experiencing it in real time and i wasn't fully certain uh what we were getting until the green lightsaber came up yep yeah, right then was the moment where it was, no matter what you were thinking, and it was definitely an option in my mind once I saw the X-Fighter. Yeah, X-Wing Fighter. Um, once you saw that lightsaber, you knew it was on, and just, wow, his dance through those um, um, dark troopers was incredible, especially the last one where they just shatters his chest. And just, it was, in, in, and just like we got to see kind of Ashoka at her full power. We've seen Luke at a stage in his Jedi career, if, if I might use that word, which is just awesome to see, just so powerful. And just, it's, that's what's so fun about this. I was talking about the time frame that this show lives in. Um, and I did never would imagine that we'd be given this, but this is what happened. This is what Luke was like at this moment. And thank goodness for technology to, to be able to make this happen for us. Thank goodness for Favreau and the gang to, 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 to pull this off. And this is this, tremendous way um it's it's changes the game a little bit you know with luke taking grogu that was a very emotional moment for me when grogu and him were kind of splitting up again he reached uh grogu reach, reaches for his helmet and he takes it off so this father and son can look at each other face to face and he's, he is softening he cares so much for the kid but he's, you know this is this is what's um what's right and so you know they're once season three sets forth they're they're separate and going their own directions for now but i mean you know I, I can only imagine like he promised them they will reunite you know and and have journeys together but wow man what a, what a close to the season he knew he had to say goodbye and uh that was his that was his mission and his journey it was great seeing luke um obviously it was you know they're still trying to get that effect down with the uh de-aging but for for a it's television cool, budget man. they did an amazing yep. job was just job. getting getting that story out. I don't. Maybe they don't know what what's gonna happen next since, since they're gonna work on Boba Fett next. But I I feel <clears throat> I feel that uh, Grogu is still gonna be integral to the yeah, plot. I agree. Um, I I think that he could be coming back into the fold sooner than we think. Uh, oh, cool. But you never know. You gotta you gotta totally. wait and see. But he maybe it, maybe Grogu is gonna need to be saved from something, or maybe he's gonna have to save. Mandalorian, who knows? But I, yeah. I feel like their 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 bond's still gonna be uh you know, necessary in my Definitely. Yeah, it's 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 the show and it's just something that we all we all crave it. I think one thing they are going to go towards, I mean this show is called The Mandalorian and we know um, now that the the Black Saber thing's gonna be a big deal. Learning more about the fate of like, you know, Mandalore. I mean, um, Bogotan wants that Black Saber and we know now what she has to get it. I think that idea, that whole thing of who's leading the Mandalorians, and because now he's in charge of the Mandalorians holding that black saber, yeah, and kind well, of what I, that means. It's easy to forget that that's a major thing that's being held over, and the show definitely, definitely has to come back because we we know that it's not all tied up. So that's a good. Yeah. It's a, it's good to have that, you know, not sorted out so that we we know the show's got to keep going. So. I think that's going to be a big driving force moving moving forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited, you know, now that, that there's characters from that time frame. I'm, I'm just curious to see who comes back in the mix. I mean, 
Uh, Lando's still around. Um, Ezra from the Rebels, all those you know guys are around. Um, I think anything is possible. And Mandalorian in general has been such a shot in the arm for the Star Wars franchise that we got you know kind of to close us down. We um, there's been a big announcement. I don't think this announcement happens without the success of the Mandalorian of all these shows that are coming to life. And you know we saw at the end they're gonna have a Boba Fett show, the Book of Boba Fett. That's awesome. So much more time with Boba. Obi Wan Kenobi shows obviously coming. They Announced Hayden Christensen will be involved, so that's that's awesome. I mean, Ewan McGregor's involvement, you know, I'm sold already. Ashoka gets her own show. Rangers of the New Republic, we don't know too much about that, but I can only assume it's um, Cara Dune and Grief and the gang. Andor's one I'm really pumped about because anything to get me around the world of Rogue One would be awesome. That's Diego Luna comes back as Cassian Andor. Yeah, and, uh, I hope maybe that's my still favorite. Happening. Yeah, I believe it is. I, I, is did okay. you hear it differently? I have not heard differently. I just hear All that right. it's they're shooting and then they're not shooting. So I hope that <laughs> that one's still happening. I think I think the people need that. And um, uh, one of my favorite droids is was was in um, Rogue One K two S O. So Lando might be one. They announced it with little, uh, you know, little information. But I believe the series will be directed by. Um, Justin Simeon, director of Dear White People and Bad Hair. I'm praying. I don't pray, but I'm hoping Donald Glover is in the mix. I don't know. Um, Star Wars Vision is cool. I like anime. That's going to be 10 animated shorts by Japanese anime creators. I don't know what the, the Acolyte. That Acolyte's one. It's a series by Leslie Headland. She did Russian Doll, Doll for Netflix. Uh, Netflix. This is interesting. It's, 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 their tagline is it's a mystery thriller that takes place near the end of the high republic the end of the high republic was actually hundreds of years before phantom menace so that might be a jumping off point to some really old school stuff which is cool yeah they you've done your homework because sto- this is all new to me uh outside of out, past diego luna the rest of it, it like this the yeah the last few you've mentioned yeah. is, is the the anime series the by yep the, the series by the director of the Russian Dolls, the, all this Holy stuff, this things I didn't know about. So I was excited. all over that announcement. I was I was literally glued to Twitter and just watching when it was coming out. Uh, a Droid Story is another animated series that's just going to be R two D two and C three PO, and then they they're going to do two movies, and uh, one of those is um, Rogue Squadron, which is cool. I, I could spend any time with the with the X X wing fighters and them. That's uh, Pat, Patty Jenkins is going to do that one, um, and pr- hopefully rectify herself after this last Wonder Woman thing. Um, and then an un- untitled uh, Star Wars movie by um, Tahiki Watiti, which is just so yeah, welcome. I love, 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 really love him. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what he's coming up with. But, you know, there, there, there's so many shows. Um, I almost feel like if it was me, I'd let these shows settle for a few years before I thought about a movie. Because if you if you really establish all these new characters and new series... You could base yeah. a new trilogy off of things that haven't come yet, rather yep. than you're you're still introducing these shows, mm-hmm. but you're getting a movie that's going. A I think you're still going to be connected to the original trilogy. Maybe that's still a good thing, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, I yeah. wouldn't be in such think, a rush well, to go back to the films. Definitely, I think I think with this and just you know, Marvel did such a good job with all their movies and tying them together, and I think. As long as they roll it, I know a lot of people I know are, think it's almost too much, but I think if they roll it out smartly, take their time, um, you know, if there's a Star Wars show going at Disney Plus weekly, just almost one at a time for the remainder of my life, I'll be 
cool with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's, how do I say no? How do I not get excited about this? And I think the worlds will in, intertwine. I hope they intertwine in a really smart way. And, and, you know, it, who knows where this leads, but I just, it, it just, I can't be happy, happier about Mandalorian 2 and what's happening in the Star Wars universe. And, and it's just, I'm here for it all. And so, uh, me too. Yeah, man. A lot going on. So, yeah, it's, it, it just, you know, this is a cool time frame that, that, that all these shows are going to be living in. There's a lot of space between um, the end of um, Jedi and uh, the beginning of The Force Awakens. And that's that's the time frame we're filling. Maybe we'll see how the First Order comes to be and everything there. And it's, yeah, a lot of fun to be had. And, and Mandalorian Season 2 was a lot of fun. So any, any closing words for us, Mitch? Uh... No, I mean it's uh, yeah. Give me, give me more. I'm, I'll be ready. Uh, totally. You know, and if they can bring Han Solo back, I'm all for it. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. The door's open for really any possibilities after what they gave us. So, Mitch, thank you so much. Uh, I had so thank much fun you. nerding out with you. Yep. And uh, everyone out there, uh, thank you for nerding out with us and joining the party once again. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.